Welcome to the podcast of Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. We hope that you enjoy the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. Let's turn in our Bibles to 1 Peter, 1 Peter chapter 1. Um, again, welcome to Redeemer Baptist Church. Uh, we are tonight uh, beginning a new series on um, 1 Peter. Um, we have been uh, looking at the uh, first 11 chapters of Genesis, but we're going to take a break in the book of Genesis. We're going to come look at this New Testament book, the book of First Peter, and then go back to an Old Testament uh, passage. We'll probably be picking it back up with the story of Abraham. Uh, so this just a, a look at where we're going. Um, why First Peter? Why am I turning to, to this book of all books? Well, First Peter... Is a, is, is, a, is a New Testament letter uh, from Peter to uh, dispersed Christians throughout uh, what would be modern-day Turkey, um, and, and they were living under uh, persecution. They were living in an environment that was hostile, and I think that we can probably relate to that today. We live uh, in an environment that is hostile to believers, uh, and and First uh, Peter is telling us, uh, just as it was telling those originally original readers, those those believers in those churches, uh, how you are to live in a hostile environment, and so we'll be taking a look at that probably over the next few months uh, of of how do we live in this this hostile environment. So let's take a look at the... Tonight we're just going to look at the first two verses. So it's a short text. It'll probably be a short sermon. So I, I, I'm sure I'll be able to keep your attention for this one. Uh, no no falling asleep for this one. Uh, we'll look at our, our text. We're just going to look at the salutation tonight, uh, beginning in verse 1 of chapter 1 of First Peter. And it says, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who are elect exiles of the dispersion... In Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, in the sanctification of the Spirit, for obedience to Jesus Christ, and for sprinkling with his blood, may grace and peace be multiplied to you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your love and your grace. We thank you, Lord, that you have, have chosen us to be here this moment to hear your word. And Father, we pray that you would open our eyes to see and our ears to hear. Father, we pray that you would help us to, to listen with hearts that are attentive and, uh, and willing to be obedient to you. Father, we love you. And, and Father, I pray that you would be with me. Give me strength as, as we look into your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, as we said... This book is written by Peter. Now, we probably know that, but just for the sake of, of, of considering who this was, uh, Peter was uh, an apostle of Jesus Christ, as he says here. And those apostles were those, those uh, 12, that, that, that group of 12 that Jesus had called to himself. Uh, he called them apostles. He had a, a greater number of followers that were disciples. Uh, but he had these 12 disciples whom he called apostles that were specially commissioned. 
and, and these specially commissioned disciples, uh, the apostles, he sent out on mission while at, before the crucifixion to go and, and uh, cast out demons and heal the sick and all those things. These were, these were uh, men, these apostles were, were people who had, had great gifts and who, who, who uh, God gave a, a revelatory authority to as they proclaimed God's word. And, and uh, when we look at what's written in Scripture, these are, these are writings that are from apostolic times. We don't expect any new Scripture today. That was something that came from the apostles uh, in the book of Acts, on the, in the very beginning of the church. What did the uh, early church do? But they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. And so whenever it says Peter was an apostle, uh, we know that Peter was, uh, was, he held this special office. And because of that, when we hear these words, this is not just Peter's opinion. This is not just advice on how you can get by in troubled times. This is, uh, this is Jesus' Uh, revelation through Peter uh, th- because Peter was an apostle, one who was sent with Jesus' message. He was like an ambassador to us in order to be able to proclaim the exact thing that Jesus wants us to know. So when we read this, this is, th- when he says he's a, an apostle of Jesus Christ, this is the authority of Jesus that is coming to us telling us how we are to live in days like this in days that we face a hostile environment. Jesus promised we would face an, a hostile environment. Whenever he was with his disciples, he said, you know, if they hated me, they'll hate you too. And, and so uh, all Christians throughout all of history have faced persecution. All Christians through all eras have faced a hostile environment. And sometimes the intensity has been turned up and sometimes it's not been so so hot. But right now, I, I think in our culture today, uh, we are considered by some to be the dregs of the earth. Sometimes we are considered to be out of touch with the rest of society. We are considered to be foreigners. And that's how we ought to consider ourselves, according to what he says here. Peter says... Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who are elect exiles. To those who are elect exiles. That's who he's writing to. He's writing to believers. He's writing to... There's two words here. Exiles is the noun. And elect is the adjective that's describing uh, the the noun there, exiles. So first I'm going to deal with the noun. We are exiles. We are aliens. We are foreigners. When we are followers of Jesus, we are citizens of another realm. Our citizenship is in heaven. We are, uh, like the songs sometimes will say, this world is not my home, I'm just a passing through, right? In a sense, we, we, we live in this life like aliens and like foreigners. Uh, and, and so, with that, we need, we need to, to recognize uh, that, that though things are hostile right now, though things are, are, um, are sometimes uh, difficult for us to face the world, um, the reason it's that way is, what one, Jesus promised it would be that way, and, and the other is, we, we're just we're, we ought to stick out like a sore thumb in this world. 
We, we just stand out because we are foreigners, we are aliens in this world. And, and the other, the adjective that he uses to describe the exiles, um, or these, these foreigners or aliens, the adjective he uses is elect. We are elect, we are chosen. Uh, and, and sometimes we don't like that word. We, well, sometimes we like, well, let's not talk about election. Uh, let, let's not talk about, about that, but the Bible uses the word. We can't get away from what the Bible says. And so uh, one of the things we've got to remember is if we're, a, if we're believers today, if, if you're a believer today, you didn't get that way just because you thought someday, well, I think I'm going to start following Jesus. You're a believer today, if you're a believer, because God, out of His mercy and out of His grace, reached down and plucked you out of the world. If you're a believer in Jesus today, you didn't get that way because you just felt like it. You're that way because God chose you. Now, we can get all uh, bent out of shape and we can, we can feel like uh, uh, having some kind of a philosophical argument about, about um, well... Uh, uh, what's the basis on which God chooses things and all, and all that? And, and does that mean that some people don't have a chance? And all these kinds of philosophical debates. But that's not the purpose why God tells us that we're elect. The purpose that he tells us this is to give us comfort. If we're in a world that is foreign to us, if we're in a world that, that, is, is, um, that feels like it's going crazy to us, how much comfort should it give us to know that we've been chosen by God? We've been chosen by Him. It's not something that's given for us to be speculative about, to try to think about, well, is this one elect or is this one elect? That's not what we do. But it is a comfort for us to know, boy, I've been chosen by God and I am, I'm held by Him and there is nothing that can take me out of His hand. Amen. There is nothing that can take me out of His hand. I, I didn't get saved because I got up one day and felt like that's what I should do. But I got saved because God reached down in my filth, in my depravity, and He grabbed me, and He rescued me, and He chose me. That's comfort. That should be comforting to us. And so He says, To those who are elect exiles of the dispersion, in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. Those towns, those cities uh, around uh, that, that he's describing, Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, they're all these cities in modern-day Turkey, uh, Asia Minor at the time. And uh, the, the word dispersion is often used uh, of... of uh, the Jews who were spread out. Remember uh, the Assyrians that, that came in and, and destroyed Israel and the, the Babylonians that came in and des destroyed Judah and they spread the people all around to, to, to make them exiles all over the empire and they didn't have a homeland anymore. We're kind of like that. Except he's, he's uh, now using this of, of believers, of Christians. Um, one thing I read... Uh, as, as I was preparing for this, is uh, uh, Claudius, uh, one of the Roman empires that would have lived around this time, expelled both Jews and Christians from Rome around this time. And it's possible that these uh, elect um, 
these these exiles that were were dispersed into all these different cities were Christians from Rome, both Jew and Gentile, who were spread out and and repopulated all over uh, a, a modern modern day Turkey, and they were they were sent in those places by uh, persecution. Uh, Claudius didn't want the Christians there in, in Rome anymore, so he, he sent them out. He expelled them from the city. Um, that, that may be what we're talking about here. And, and think about that. These are, are believers who have been, who've been under persecution. They've been sent out from the place where they knew as home, and so they feel like aliens. They feel like uh, uh, sojourners who were not in their home. Whether it's that kind of of literal sense, or whether it's just talking about believers who are just spread out all over the world, because that's that is our, our sense in all of these different situations. That's what what happened to the early church in Ju in Jerusalem. They stayed there in Jerusalem for, for as long as they could until persecution hit. And when persecution hit the early church, they began to spread out, and that's where when the gospel began to go to Samaritans and and all these different other places. Um, it helps us to understand that when God sends that persecution and it spreads us out and sends us to all these different places, it's all a part of God's plan. It's all a part of God's choice. And He's the one who sent us to every place that we are today. So, He tells us we are elect exiles spread out all over the place. Believers are, are, are like aliens who, who this world is not our home. And he tells us that this is done according to the foreknowledge of God, the Father, in the sanctification of the Spirit, and for obedience to Jesus Christ, and for sprinkling with His blood. The first thing I want to notice about this is God's action in choosing us involved all three persons of the Trinity. Notice the text. Again, according to the foreknowledge of God. God the Father, in all of His wisdom, in all of His insight, in all of His perfection of omnipotence, chose and planned what we're going through right now. Whatever our experience, whatever our, our trouble, our, our, our problems that we're going with, God has chosen and God has planned it and placed us in this for maybe such a time as this. And our salvation, our salvation has, has been accomplished according to the plan and foreknowledge of God the Father. When it says foreknowledge here, we might get the idea that it's just talking about God looking down the corridors of history and seeing the things that we would choose. But we can also think about Jesus and the cross. In Acts chapter 2, when Peter gives his sermon after Pentecost, he says that, that uh, what happened to Jesus on the cross was according to the plan and foreknowledge of God. We wouldn't say that the foreknowledge was just that God was looking forward through the corridors of time to see what Jesus was going to do. No, but that was his plan from the very beginning. And, and God has planned, and God has a mysterious plan that we don't know all of, but we fit into it, and we are in our per particular situation that we're in right now because it's a part of God's plan for us to be there. That should give us comfort. 
it would it would uh, be discouraging. It would be it would be be a cause of anxiety if we just felt like everything was just random chance. If if we just felt oh this world is just full of chaos and I don't know how I'm going to go on, we can be reminded that we're in our place right now. We're in our shoes. We're in our circumstances because God planned for us to be that way right now. And He's planned for us. The next thing, He says, the sanctification of the Spirit. He's planned for us to be sanctified. He's planned for us to be holy. What does it mean to be sanctified in the sanctification of the Spirit? Well, there's two uh, common definitions of sanctification. One is uh, it's it's holiness. It's it's a it's a um, moral quality. He's called us to holiness, to being like him, uh, to to uh, uh, a quality of of moral perfection. And he gets into that later on in the chapter. Whenever he says, "Be holy, as I am holy." There's also a sense in which holiness, this sanctification, is a sense of setting apart. And so, in our salvation, it's something that God has planned from the beginning of time. God has has chosen us. He has sanctified us by the Spirit. He has applied salvation to us by having the Holy Spirit open our eyes, seal our hearts towards Him. The Holy Spirit is the one who, in time, grabs a hold of us and pulls us to Himself. The, the Holy Spirit is the one who, who opens our eyes and makes us see the glory of Jesus. And in so doing, we are set apart. We are not what we used to be. We, we, are, we used to be just following the course of this world, just like everybody else. But when the Holy Spirit grabs a hold of us, when the Holy Spirit sanctifies us and sets us apart, we're different. We, we, we live a different life. We will stand out among the crowd. And we will be called to holiness. To holy living and to being different from the rest of the world. And then finally, for the obedience to Jesus Christ and for sprinkling with His blood. This is probably the most difficult part to understand. Um, the commentaries all, all, all agree it's difficult to know exactly what it's talking about right here when it says obedience to Jesus Christ and for sprinkling with His blood. So here's what I'm going to try to say. Uh, and and, and there, there is disagreement about exactly precisely what this means, but, but let, me, let, me, let me try to explain as far as I understand it. We have been saved, we have been chosen into obedience of Jesus Christ. When we get saved, when we are converted, uh, the Father has planned it, the Holy Spirit has applied it, and the purpose of our salvation is that we would be obedient to Jesus Christ. We have been saved into obedience of Jesus Christ. We have... have um, he didn't save us just so that we could live on our own, do our own thing, but He saved us into the obedience of Jesus Christ. We are saved into following Him and, and walking with His people. Um, he says, 
uh, into the obedience of Jesus Christ and for sprinkling with His blood. Not only are we saved uh, for the purpose of obedience to Jesus Christ, but uh, it is the sprinkling of Jesus Christ's blood that saved us. It is the fact that He shed His blood on the cross. He was our substitute. He was our sacrifice. He took our place. We've been washed with the blood. Have you been washed with the blood, as the old song says? Have you, are you washed in the blood, in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Jesus, by His blood, by His shedding of His own blood on the cross in His death, was our substitute. He is how we can be cleansed and forgiven of our sin. So, as all three persons of the Trinity are involved here, we have the Father planning it from the foundation of the world. We have the Spirit applying it to us. As, as, as He opens our eyes and gives us, gives us faith that we wouldn't have apart from Him. And, he, and, and all of this is done so that we might be obedient to Jesus as we're sprinkled with His blood, as we're cleansed, as we're forgiven of our sins because of the sacrifice that Jesus made upon the cross. All of that said is all a part of the introduction to the letter. He's saying, this is to you believers. This is to you believers. If you are a believer... This is a description of what has happened in your life. God has planned from all of the, from the foundation of the world to save you and bring him to the self. God has, has, has sent his Holy Spirit to open up your eyes that you might see the truth and, and believe on Jesus. He has, has saved you so that you would be obedient to him and that his blood would be applied to you and, and, and you would receive forgiveness. All of this, if you're a believer, is talking about you. That's great encouragement. That is great encouragement. And as we live in a world that is hostile, if we, as we live in a world that would call us a bigot for saying that what is in this word is true, okay, how are we going to stand up under that kind of pressure? We've got to believe what this book tells us about ourselves. We've been chosen by God. We have been sanctified and set apart by the Spirit. We're not like the rest of the world. We are chosen aliens. And we have been called to obey Jesus Christ, and we've been called to be washed in the blood of the Lamb. All of these things He says about us, and He says, May grace and peace be multiplied to you. This is the beginning of a letter, and, 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 and it, we call it a salutation. And we might think, uh, oh, we can just pass that up and say, well, it's, it's just saying hello. But there's rich theological meaning in what he says. He's praying. It, it's, a, it's a wish saying, may grace be multiplied to you. May peace be multiplied to you. These things are to be multiplied and increasing grace. Now, in a sense... All the grace we ever needed was given to us at the cross. But our experience of that and our awareness of that, it grows and it's multiplied. And so 
if we're going to live in this in this hostile world if we're going to live in this world where we can be we can be called names and we can and, and, and uh, face persecution and all these things how are we going to stand up under that by becoming more and more increasingly aware of the grace of God that's that's how we fight to keep going in this world we need to be more and more and more and grow and be uh, multiplied in our awareness of the grace of God that he's given us and may peace be multiplied to you when when we face uncertain times when we face hostility in in the workplace in the marketplace or wherever we find ourselves may peace be multiplied to us it can be a cause of anxiety it can be it can fill us with anxiety to think well if i say this that the bible says or if i share my faith if I, if I try to tell someone about Jesus, they'll, they'll think I'm weird. They'll think I'm, I'm crazy. This is when we need peace multiplied to us. We, we need to be, grow in, in an awareness and in a sense of His presence and that He is with us. And lo, I am with you always, Jesus said, even to the end of the age when we become aware of His grace and we experience the peace that passes all understanding, the peace of knowing that He is with us, and regardless of what happens to this, in this world, even if they kill us, they can't hurt us because we are with Jesus. All that from a two-verse introduction, from a, from a salutation, but it's good. God's word is perfect. It is it is uh, it is useful for instruction in righteousness and godliness, and for for uh, helping us to be thoroughly equipped. This passage is so important for us as we live in this hostile world. Remember, this world is not our home. We are aliens. We are strangers. We have been chosen by God. It's something that He's planned to do. We have been set apart and called out to be different. And we have been called to obey Jesus and be forgiven and washed clean by His blood. Thank you for listening to this message from Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. For more information, please visit us at Redeemer. Baptist Panama.com or you can like us on Facebook.